Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Working in the ER means expecting the unexpected every day. All right, lots of patients on the board. Let's go see how bad this is. We're trained to tackle anything from removing foreign objects I heard you put a little bead up your nose. I got it stuck way down in there. Draining an infection that could turn septic. This is a gift that keeps on giving. Or saving a part of your body that is so swollen, uh, it's being starved for blood. Slow down your breathing, man. Uh, yeah. We don't want you passing out. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm Dr. Ruby Rose. I'm an ER doctor and one of 21 medical directors of Signature Care Emergency Center. We have over 20 locations throughout Texas and over 200 full-time board-certified ER physicians. As freestanding ERs, our facilities are not attached to a hospital. It's generally walk-in patients, but make no mistake, not all of them are actually able to walk in on their own. We get some tough cases. We're here to stabilize and treat real medical emergencies. And the truth is, we never know who's going to walk through that door. And some cases we see can be extremely sensitive in more ways than one. Especially when it comes to, well, the male anatomy. A lot of folks don't necessarily want to make their privates public. And that includes a sensitive and rather uncommon case in Odessa, Texas, that's pretty painful. When I got out to pee one last time before I got back to work, and I noticed it swelling tremendously, and I noticed it was getting bigger, hurting more, and that's when I, I was like, man, I gotta go, I gotta go. Got in the truck, and as I was driving, I could feel it steadily just getting bigger and bigger. John is a 24-year-old patient. He just came in with a painfully swollen penis that is extremely engorged with fluid. So, just another day in the emergency room. When I got here and looked, it was already almost double the size. It was just constantly growing. That's when I, I knew, I was like, yeah, they got it. They got to do something with that. 
This is Dr. Nilang Patel. He's one of our docs that can just roll with the punches because you just never know what you're going to get in the emergency room. And you kind of just have to. Uh, room seven, we have uh, John Martin, 24 year old. Came in, he said he's got redness and swelling to his penis. To his penis? Yes, sir. Okay, sounds good. We'll go see him. I sent my parents a picture of my penis too. <laughs> dad, dad was like, what the hell? <laughs> he was like, what the hell, pretty much. Hey, mister. What? We'll see what's going on, okay? You do this often, huh? Right? Yeah. Pretty trusty? It's pretty, pretty common, man. Really? Yeah. The plan here is to go in and numb up the area first. Okay. And then we'll try to put that uh, swelling down, okay? Okay. Then, yeah. You're not going to cover anything, really. No, 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 not at all. How long do you think? I mean, be honest. It's going to hurt before, what, 10 seconds? Not longer? 10 seconds. Okay. Okay. We're going to go and expose the area, okay? <laughs> going to put your leg down. Just try to be as calm as possible. Man. I know it's kind of weird. <laughs> okay, go, go on and spread your legs, man. Just relax, huh? You didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I did too, apparently. Okay. So as you guys can see, this foreskin right here, this residual foreskin from the circumcision, is extremely inflamed. He came in for pretty severe penile pain and swelling. And the swelling was mainly around the propuse, which is the, the foreskin around the penis. So what happens when the foreskin gets really, really swollen, it can cut off the blood supply to the glands penis, which is the tip of the penis. And we don't want that. John's not sure how this happened, but penile swelling or paraphimosis can be brought on by an allergic reaction, an injury from sexual intercourse, poor hygiene, piercing, infection. If the swelling is not resolved and the tip of the penis or glands is starved of blood, for too long, gangrene could set in, which is tissue death due to a blockage in the blood supply. We've all seen pictures of gangrene, right? It's not pretty. So if the gangrene is not resolved, it's possible the glands will not survive. Did you recently have sex or anything? Two weeks ago, that was it. Two weeks ago with who? My girlfriend. Then I got STD or nothing, is it? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No. Oh. <laughs> it's so awkward. No, this is just my life. Bro. This is what I want to do, talk to a bunch of adults about my... Dude, we're all human, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to be good. Okay. Here's the thing. When there's concern that a patient may move during a delicate procedure, we may have to employ a special tool. A six-foot, 200-pound nurse practitioner named Joseph. So while Joseph is being tasked with restraining and comforting the patient... It's becoming clear, Dr. Patel, that he needs to take a different approach. So we're gonna do some uh, anti-anxiety meds real quick, okay? Oh, Just so it take, yeah, it takes the edge off, so nothing to worry about. You ever seen anything like this, Joseph? No. No, really. <laughs> In my mind right now, I don't even know what to think. I just hope he hits the right spot. I don't want to have problems. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm kind of nervous, very nervous, actually. I know, he, I know he does this for a living, but it's still the thought of, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a bad feeling. Twist on it, do whatever you got to do, and get this sucker back normal for me. ER doctors are sometimes called the jack of all trades in medicine because we can deal with almost anything. That's a big reason I got into emergency medicine. 
Prior to medical school, I was a fashion model for 14 years. It was glamorous and fun, but I was always drawn to medicine and helping people in all kinds of situations. And that goes for everything from resuscitating someone in cardiac arrest to removing a foreign object that's become lodged inside the body. And in emergency medicine, you wouldn't believe the things that get stuck. Whether it's a piece of metal that's embedded itself from an accident or trauma, to well, objects that'll have you scratching your head as to how it got there. But nine times out of 10, it's a toddler jamming something up their nose, like my patient Charlotte in Pflugerville. So Charlotte has a bead stuck up her right nostril. Foreign objects need to come out because it could lead to infection and even create perforations in otherwise healthy tissue. First, we're trying to tell her to push her nose and blow it out, you know, but she's not capable to do that because she's blowing out her mouth, not her nose. We're like, oh, maybe we'll stick water in it. <laughs> we'll rush out. We were even trying to get tweezers ourselves, but we were too scared to kind of push the bead in. She keeps us on our toes. <laughs> so why did Charlotte stick a bead up her nose? Well, she's three years old. Sometimes little kids just jam stuff up their nose. We see it all the time in the ER. Hello. Hi. Hi. So I heard you put a little bead up your nose. Is this a bead that you play with? Yeah. It is? Yeah. And you put it up which side? Can you show me? Oh, it's a, oh. That side? So has she ever done this before? No. Okay. First time. And and did you see the bead in there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You had a long morning, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, do you mind if I take a look? Can I see inside? Okay. All right. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Let's see. This can sometimes tickle a little bit. Okay. I definitely see it. You are being so patient. So I can clearly see that there's a bead in Charlotte's nose. And what I'm worried about is that she could actually suck it back to the posterior pharynx and she could actually aspirate it. Aspirating or inhaling a foreign body is a serious life-threatening emergency. If the object is large enough and gets sucked into the windpipe, it could obstruct the airway and kill the patient. Oxygen is essential to the body. After about a minute without air, brain cells start to die. Three minutes, you're likely to experience serious, irreversible brain damage. And after 10 minutes, you probably won't survive. Because it's kind of lower down, mm -hmm. we might be able to get this out with not a problem. Okay. Um, now we use this, something called the cat's extractor. It's a little catheter and it has a balloon at the end. And what we do is we go into the nose, we go through, past the little bead, and then we inflate it. You think uh, we can get it out with this? Yeah. You wanna help me get it out? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, well, we're gonna try that. All right. This is Dana, she's gonna help. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold oh. you, okay? I'm gonna look inside, okay? Here we go. You're being super brave. It's okay. It's okay, sweet girl. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. At the ER in Pflugerville, Texas, just north of Austin, I'm trying to extract a toy bead that's stuck in Charlotte's nose or nasal cavity. <laughs> but it's too deep to reach, and she's too young to forcefully blow her nose. It's clear that she needs to be comforted by her mom before we can work on a plan B. Meanwhile, we've got a new patient at our Odessa facility. This started about a week ago. Probably should have come in about four days ago. Have you ever had an abscess like this before? No. 35-year-old Willis from Tyler, Texas, has come in with a painful abscess that's taken root in his left buttock. And Dr. Peter Vognes needs to get it out. Dr. Vognes was born in Norway and originally came to the States on a soccer scholarship until he traded in his cleats for a stethoscope. All right, let's go take a look at him. And there's two things he's seen plenty of, the northern lights and major infections. Hi, Mr. Craig. Mr. Craig? Yes, ma'am. I have Dr. Bachness here for you. So you got an abscess on your bottom? Yes, sir. All right, we'll take a quick peek here, okay? Okay. You said it's been there for about a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. An abscess is triggered by a bacterial infection. Sometimes they're caused by an infected hair follicle, or sweat gland, or maybe there's a break in the skin that allows bacteria to enter the body and then the infection goes wild. I'll be honest with you. If you let an infection go too long, you could die if it enters into your bloodstream 
and spreads through your body. Antibiotic-resistant infections kill over 35,000 Americans every year. That's about one person every 15 minutes. We're going to clean you up, okay? And then uh, we're going to put some knotting medicine in there, try to get it as numb as possible. And then we are uh, going to make a small incision, drain whatever's in there, and then we're going to put a packing in there, okay? Okay. All right. Abscesses we see here on a very regular basis. I would say that we see several every day. An abscess is a uh, small localized infection that can come from an ingrown hair follicle or a small little cyst. The treatment for these abscesses is uh, an incision and drainage and then also oral antibiotics. All right, a little cold, okay? All right, so this is the worst part, okay? Bear with me, a right. little poke. All right? Mm-hmm. Good. You starting to go numb? Mm-hmm. As soon as Dr. Vognes makes his incision. All right, so you're gonna feel a little more pressure here. It doesn't take long for the waterworks. Jesus. Just down the hall, the anti-anxiety meds have taken effect on John, the patient with the edema of the penis. And Dr. Patel is ready to drain the fluid that has accumulated. Yep. All right, you ready? Good. Okay. Where's the other guys when you get on my chest? <laughs> All right, well, let's do it, man. I know you want to laugh. We're not going to laugh, honey. We're not laughing. I'm going to go and numb you up first, okay? Okay, you're not going to feel much of it, okay? You're not going to, okay. <laughs> Try not to tense up like that, man. Relax. You gotta relax. You gotta relax. You gotta relax, son. Everything's gonna be all right. You gotta relax, sweetie. Not too bad, right? So my job is to relieve the pressure around the penis, and to do that as pain-free as possible, I would perform a dorsal penile block, which is injecting lidocaine and anesthetic around the penis, so that he is not feeling any pain during the procedure. There you go. Cool. Good. Good. Awesome, is he doing it? Yeah. It, yeah, it's moving. Don't be lying to me. Nope. Yeah, we're on the no, he's injecting it, honey. Keep breathing. Keep oh. breathing. Slow down your breathing, man. Yeah. We don't want you passing out. Okay. Oh. Right. Can you feel this? I, 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 I don't know what he did. I can't really well, I'm kind of scared of him. Ah! Ah! Oh. It's just a lot of swelling. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do, we're gonna relieve that tension in that swollen skin. How? How do you know I'm numb? A little poke, okay? How do you know I'm numb? Okay, then relax, you're good. You're good, that's why he numbed it. Dr. Patel needs to fenestrate the swollen foreskin. In other words, poke little holes with a hypodermic needle and drain the excess fluid. So you, you guys can see that there's a lot of fluid, just the interstitial fluid that's coming out. Holy <laughs> that one right there hit. Okay, okay, breathe. Ah! Uh, Feel pressure like that. needle. You see that? Yeah. Nice little, nice little squirt right there. You, got, you see that squirt? Okay. While Dr. Patel is draining accumulated fluid from John's swollen penis in Odessa. Am I pissing myself? No, it's not piss. Oh. Back at our facility in Pflugerville, Texas, a suburb of Austin, 
Little Charlotte has become pretty leery of me trying to dig the toy bead out of her nose. So in the hopes of being less invasive, we're gonna try to have mom blow it out with the mother's kiss technique. The beauty of it is all in the simplicity. The parent occludes or basically obstructs the nostril that doesn't have the foreign body inside. Then the parent places their mouth over the child's mouth, creates a good seal and blows sharply, creating pressure to hopefully shoot that sucker out. Oh, that's oh, it, done. What you're gonna do is put your lips really around her mouth, mm -hmm. like you're gonna give her a big kiss. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna blow hard, like, like okay. hard, okay? okay? It's generally estimated that this works about 60% of the time. But even if it doesn't, it could push that foreign object closer to the nostril and to freedom. And hold this nostril. I'm gonna hold it. Okay, ready? I'm gonna give you a big old kiss, ready? <laughs> yes, you got it. Did I get it? Yeah, you got it. Yay! was worth a try, doing the mother's kiss. And it worked. She should be fine. You okay. shouldn't have to give her anything. She should be good. You are very brave. <laughs> High five. High five, good Mom. Job. All right. So no more beads up the nose, huh? Yay! Yeah. Do you have your bead? Yeah. Let me see it. Let Mommy have it, because I don't want you sticking it up anywhere. Okay. Okay. All right. Back at our facility in Odessa, Dr. Vognes is draining a large abscess on Willis's buttock. And this pus pocket has just started releasing its fragrant mysteries. You're gonna smell a little odor here, okay? Uh -huh. When you have an infection like that, uh, you get a, a significant smell that can be a little uncomfortable. You all right, buddy? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So why do abscesses smell so bad? Well, bacterial infections can develop into an abscess. And when bacteria takes residence in the body, the immune system fires off white blood cells to fight off that infection. The surrounding tissue dies off, the infection site swells up, and the cavity forms filled with pus, and that's your abscess. And the pus is basically a gooey cocktail of that dead tissue, white blood cells, and bacteria. So you can imagine, when that bouquet hits your nose. Jesus. Goodness. Abscesses just have a distinctive smell that it will smell the whole room. And for the nurse manager, Teresa, believe me, she is very familiar with this scent. Especially in that area, it's, it's pretty foul. So these have a tendency to wall themselves off a little bit. So we gotta go in and kind of break up all those little, what we call loculations. Large abscesses basically wall themselves off and create a bunch of compartments of pus. 
So we have to break up all those pus pockets to get the infection out. And here comes all the pus. It's a pretty good abscess. See there's quite a bit of quite a bit of pus coming out. You're gonna feel a lot better after this. Here comes the rest of it. This is uh, another waterfall of the gift that keeps on giving. Working in the ER, we see all kinds of fluid coming out of our patients. But what we see more than anything, drum roll please. Come on, it's blood, hands down. This is an ER after all. We see all kinds of trauma. And there's around one and a half gallons of blood in an average male, 1.2 gallons in an average female. So you do the math. If you're squeamish at the sight of blood, not to squash your dreams here, but you're probably not cut out for emergency medicine. Speaking of blood, up in Midland, we have a patient with a badly lacerated finger. I just got to work and uh, we run that machine, the tortilla machine, and it's always hot back there. And the swamp cooler wasn't working. And so I was trying to work on the, on the fan myself and stuck my hand in there and grabbed the hose. And that's when I got my hand cut in the fan. At the ER in Midland, Texas, Frank has presented with a deep laceration to his index finger. And for Dr. Sudip Bose, he's former military. He actually received the Bronze Star for serving one of the longest combat tours by a physician since World War II. All right, lots of patients on the board. We are going to see Mr. He has a finger laceration. Just add this to his very, very long list of trauma cases he's seen. So let's go see how bad this is. Okay, uh -huh. bye. Dr. Bose, how are you doing? Good. We got an x-ray. Mm -hmm. Looks like nothing's broken on there, so that's okay. a good sign. I'm going to numb you up. What we do is basically you have four nerves coming up the finger here. So I need to hit the front and back nerve there and there. That way when it's getting cleaned and sutured, you're not going to feel anything. In the ER, it's a lot about what comes out of you, but sometimes we have to put things into people, like lidocaine and stitches. And we go through a lot of lidocaine. <laughs> It's the local anesthetic we use to numb an area before a procedure. For a lot of patients, this is the most painful part of the procedure. Okay, stay real still, okay, sir? Huh? Stay real still. Not trying to torture you, I promise. Good job. Alrighty. We'll get you cleaned up, okay? Because our biggest concern is infection. The skin provides a natural barrier against infection. So we can take every precaution under the sun. But the reality is, when there's a break in the skin, infections can happen at the surgical site. No matter what we do, it actually can get infected about 5% of the time. When a deep laceration comes in, our job is to sew it up. But before that, we need to flush and clean out any debris that might have made its way inside the wound. Glass, dirt, rusted metal bits, they all have to come out. 
Leaving even the tiniest fragments inside a wound can lead to a painful infection. One of the most dangerous infections is caused when tetanus bacteria gets inside the wound. These bacteria make toxins that cause severe muscle spasms and seizures, which can be life-threatening. That's why doctors recommend getting a tetanus shot every 10 years. All right, let's get you fixed up, sir. First, we just take a look, make sure it doesn't go to your bone, which it doesn't. <laughs> we want to make sure that we don't have a complete tendon laceration or even a partial tendon laceration. In a partial tendon laceration, it's where you cut 95% of your tendon and you can still move your finger, because that will need to repair if that happens. It doesn't look like it's gotten in any joint capsules. Overall, this will come together well. After numbing and inspecting the wound in Frank's finger, Dr. Bose is ready to suture the laceration. Overall, you're going to be lucky. Should get full function back here after this. So it'll be all right? Yeah, you will be all right. You probably have a scar there, so if you were looking to be a finger model, that might be tough, you know, <laughs> but this one, there's a skin flap there, which if there's not enough blood going to it, it'll turn black and fall off. Okay. And then um, it'll grow back from underneath. So I'll let the body do the rest. About seven to 10 days for suture removal. Watch for signs of infection. And come on back in two days for a wound check. I'll give you some pain medicine, okay? Okay. All right, pleasure taking care of you. Thank you, appreciate it. All right, I hope you feel better. I knew better, but try to do two things at one time, it's not good, especially when it's machinery involved. What's your plans now after your finger's all done? Go home, relax. Yeah, I got AC in my house, so I don't have to worry about fans. I got a ceiling fan. <laughs> Just think of all the things you do with your hands. You can pick up a heavy object, thread a needle, play the piano. They're delicate, complex, and extremely vulnerable to injury. And there's one case in Odessa that wins the Hand Trauma Award for the day. Hands down. I just felt this slip, and then I felt it hit the back of my wrist. I got it stuck way down in there. Juan, a 27-year-old mechanic, was working on an engine when his tool slipped and impaled his hand. And his coworkers wanted to document it for scientific purposes. At work, one of the guys saw that I had it in my hand and he was wondering why, how, it was, how I was holding it if I had no pressure on it. And I showed him that, and of course they took pictures of it. Yeah, I took pictures to it as, as after it happened. Pretty cool stuff for them, I guess. We've seen all kinds of injuries sustained by mechanics and other technicians, eye injuries, chemical burns, and when people work with power tools, we've seen quite a few lost fingers and even limbs. In Juan's case, he was using an O-ring pick, one of the tools in the shop, when it suddenly slipped and embedded deep in his hand. I was trying to pull a seal out inside of a cylinder, um, put pressure behind it. And as I was putting pressure, it slipped and had enough pressure down that I pushed it through. 
Dr. Amy Patel was inspired to become a doctor by the physicians who treated her when she was in a serious car accident as a child. Dr. Patel is shocked that this guy's injury isn't inspiring much of a reaction at all. With this object impaled into his hand, you would expect him to be screaming, which would be appropriate, but he was abnormally calm. When it first happened, I yelled because I was, you know, like, like, you know, I just injured myself. But as far as the pain, it didn't hurt. I mean, it's weird to say, but it just didn't hurt. I mean, I just feel the tip here. <laughs> Meanwhile, our other Dr. Patel is still extracting fluid from John's extremely engorged foreskin. You'll be all right, man. You do this often? Because like, look, everybody's like looking at it like, I feel awkward. Is it going down? It's actually looking it much better. Yes, it's looking a lot better. <laughs> Can you feel your penis or what? No. He's just squeezing it. Squeezing yeah, it. yeah. He's squeezing. He works yeah. out. It shows. <laughs> you gotta squeeze it ain't much to squeeze, man. You ain't gotta squeeze that hard. We ain't cool. We ain't no dumbbell. You need to be quiet. <laughs> okay, so it's gonna drain by itself, all right? So you're gonna be good, okay? Just You just gotta follow up with your urologist, and the swelling will go down by itself. By okay? what? Make sure you take your ibuprofen. I don't have no, I don't have no urology. We'll, we'll refer you to you'll get, oh, Okay, you'll get okay. You. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know nothing. Yeah, we'll get, get you one. one. Okay. Yeah. Any questions, man? Oh, we're done? That's yeah. it, man. That's it. Oh, oh, oh cool. That's gonna cool. continue to drain. All right. Okay. Just, just sit here for a little bit? Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> hey, man, I, yeah. You got it. You got it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to say, really, this thanks. So if our gentleman did not come in today, his swelling would have gotten much worse. They would have pinched off and cut off the blood supply to the tip of the penis, which would lead to gangrene, which means dead tissue. And that dead tissue would have allowed bacteria to propagate and potentially uh, have a very sick infection to the point where he might have needed an amputation. Do I even want to look? You can. I mean, if you want to, if the swelling's gone down, if you want to look, you can. I don't know. Is it bad? It looks better than what it did. You can look. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, will it be all the way down before I leave? No, it's going to keep draining. And then he's going to have you call up the urologist so they can look at it. It's not every day you get this and you go to pee and you see, like, whoa, this ain't right. Then you uh, freak out and then and they bring a big needle to stick in you. <laughs> It'll make it any better. It was not a fun experience, but like I said, that doctor, great guy. Yeah, I'd rec recommend him for all penis procedures for sure. He's very good. Just down the hall, Dr. Vognus is still draining pockets of pus from a mighty abscess that developed in Willis's buttock. And after nearly a half an hour, there's finally light at the end of this gooey tunnel. Well, I'm glad you came in. I'm glad you were here. <laughs> if Willis waited too long to get this taken care of, it's possible he would have developed sepsis, and that is life-threatening. To fight off an infection, the body has an extreme immune response and turns on itself, and that is sepsis, which can lead to tissue damage, organ failure, and ultimately, death. 
Try to irrigate it just a little bit. I'll feel a little cold here, okay? All right. I think we're good, my friend. So we do have to put some packing in, okay? Just so we can heal from the inside out. For large abscesses, after draining and irrigation, packing the cavity with gauze can help absorb any remaining pus, prevent infection, and stops the incision from closing so that the abscess can continue to drain. And you're probably wondering, what happens to all that gauze? Well, what goes in must come out. If it falls out on its own, that's okay. Just make sure you don't pull it out, okay? Okay. Dr. Vognes will recheck the patient in two to three days, and he'll remove the gauze so the wound can continue to heal. So we're gonna continue on the antibiotics that you're on, okay? Yeah. I'm gonna give you something for the pain because it is gonna be uncomfortable, right? If there are any issues where you have fevers, worsening pain, feel swollen, it's getting more red, then I want you to come back immediately. All right. Sound good? Yes, sir. All righty, get you all fixed up here, okay? Uh, you could have gotten really sick if we weren't able to open that up. The risk is that the infection goes into the bloodstream, his heart rate goes up, his blood pressure drops. That's the, the end of any potential infection where the patient becomes septic and then very, very sick, and that's potentially lethal. Luckily, since Dr. Vognes was able to treat Willis early, none of that's going to happen. Yeah, so when I got out to clean myself, bed is covered in just pus and liquid and just horrible. It's bad. How did it smell to you? Terrible. Like death. I was in some serious pain before he got to work. And just, just as soon as he started, I started feeling better. Just like a pressure relief because everything was really tight and just uncomfortable. You know that incredibly satisfying feeling you get when you finally pop that giant pimple? When just as soon as he got to working on it, immediately, I could just feel the release. Well, Willis here got you beat. At the ER in Odessa, Texas, Juan came in with a tool embedded deep in his hand. I got it stuck way down in there. But after seeing the extent of the wound in an x-ray, Dr. Amy Patel needs to send Juan to a hand specialist. While ER doctors are trained for nearly everything, sometimes medical specialists with years of dedicated training in one discipline are required to ensure patients get the focus care they need. This O-ring pick impaled into his left hand at work. It was very deeply embedded, and it was a pick, so it had a hook. I'm not exactly sure what it was hooked around. So I discussed the case with Dr. Brown, our local hand surgeon. We let the patient know that he really needed to go there immediately so he could remove the pick carefully and do a washout. Juan was sent to Basin Orthopedic Surgical Specialist. This is a large private orthopedic and sports medicine practice in the area. To meet Dr. Matt Brown. So what happened? I guess you were using this thing and it got spiked into your hand, huh? Uh, yeah. This is far from Dr. Matt Brown's first rodeo. Medically speaking, he knows the hand like the back of his. Out here in West Texas in the oil field, we see a number of uh, pretty devastating hand injuries. Uh, Hands crushed in uh, pipe tongs and elevators, uh, fingers taken off. 
You ever injured this hand before? Um, yeah, about three times. I put a tring nail to this finger, okay. and then I've cut this open, okay. and just completely. Okay. In the emergency room, they have excellent doctors that can treat and see about everything, but when it comes to the hand, um, there's enough structures and things in there that they'd probably feel more comfortable with me safely removing the object. Well, it looks like it's just going through the soft tissue across here, but if you're telling me you feel this side and this side, and they feel pretty normal? Mm hmm Okay. As a hand specialist, I focus basically on anatomy from here to here. Well then, I'm gonna numb you up back here. Okay. We are gonna make a small cut, slowly remove this thing, and then we're gonna rinse the heck out of it, okay? Okay. Uh, just to let you know, it has a 90 degree, I don't know which way it went. Turn? Yeah. It's got a bend? It hit the back of my watch. I had a watch on, so that's why it's only, they didn't make it all the way through. All right. Right under the skin, you have these little bones, nerves, tendons, blood vessels. Okay, bud. Mm -hmm. And there's not much protecting them besides a pretty thin layer of muscle and fat. Just make a small cut so I can kind of see where the track is going, okay? So hand surgery needs to be just as delicate as the hand itself. I got it stuck way down in there because you can easily damage the surrounding structures, which can lead to loss of feeling and movement. I'm gonna move your hand just a little bit, bud. Yes. You have a nerve we worry about. Okay, bud? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm gonna slowly remove this thing. We were able to make a small incision, see the track to the foreign body and then carefully remove it, uh, avoiding any further injury to the tendons and muscles and nerves of his hand. Come out for a second. The foreign body, it's all out, but I'm just trying to check out your nerve here. Okay. We rinsed it out really well, and if the patient had tried to remove the object himself or not come in to see me, he would have uh, had potential injury to other structures in its hand. Uh, possibility of infection is a big deal when you put a big, dirty, greasy object through your palm. I'm gonna leave this little area open, bud, just in case it needs to drain or anything like that, okay? That'll heal up on its own. We left a small area open that if there was any bacteria or anything, uh, honestly, that contaminated the wound that would cause a secondary infection, it has a way to drain out. That shouldn't keep the infection from getting worse. Lastly, I am gonna put them on a short course of antibiotics to prevent uh, infection, hopefully, from developing. You can take your tool back to work with you. <laughs> the procedure, I think it went pretty well. I heard it cutting, so it felt like cutting paper, but I felt that it went pretty good. I did not feel it come out, but um, I felt the relief, and then once I got up, I saw it on the table. Yeah, I'm still going to use it. And at Signature Care, John is happy to know he'll make a full recovery. Oh, wow. Back in his street clothes, he bids a fond farewell to the man that saved his penis. I'm glad you're feeling better, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Take care. And as he disappears into the night, our doctors are ready for the next emergency, whatever that may be.